Lord, we come before you today. We thank you so much for the blessings you have bestowed upon each one here. Father, be with this ministry and be with those here and those watching abroad. And help us to always follow you and to be an example to others, to allow our lights to shine in good ways. Father, we thank you and we give you all praise and honor in Yahshua's beloved name. Hallelujah. Y'all may be seated. Certainly a blessing to be here today and see everybody this Sabbath. Where today, as you can see on the slide here, I actually can't see it yet, but we're going to be talking about the dangers of social media. This will be a little bit different, a little bit different message in some ways. I'm not going to quote a lot of scripture, although we will get into the Bible some. Where today I want to look at the actual impact of social media, and uh, mostly negative, I guess, but we'll talk about a few uh, positive things near the end. Whereas we all know, you know, this is a major, major influence within today's culture, social media. Social media, by the way, what do we think of? YouTube, right? Facebook, Instagram, some of these other social medias I'm not familiar with. You know, and this is not only true here in this nation, but also true throughout this world. It's amazing how many people have embraced social media. Matter of fact, let me share with you some uh, statistics here. According to one online source, quote, as of 2017, daily social media usage of global Internet users amounted to 135 minutes per day. Per day, 135 minutes per day. So, you know, that seems like a lot. 135 minutes is a little bit more than two hours per day, the average person, when you include the world. This is not here in the U.S. This is a global statistic. But it gets much worse when we look at teens and tweens. So... According to a 2015 article from the Washington Post, it goes to say this. This is, quote, teens are spending more than one-third of their days using media such as online video or music, nearly nine hours on average, according to a new study from the Family Technology Education Nonprofit Group. Common sense media. Uh, for tween, uh, tweens, you know, before the teens, for tweens, it says those ages between uh, 8 and 12, the average is nearly six hours per day. Now, again, this was in 2015. I think we would all agree that social media has only increased since then. So based on these numbers, there's no denying that social media has a huge impact, has a huge mammoth influence on today's culture, especially with today's youth and youth and young folks. You know, it's transforming the way we as people communicate. And, you know, I think, again, we would probably agree, many of us, that the way we communicate today is not as effective or better as we communicated years ago. Where today I want to focus on a few studies, two specifically, and some of the more serious concerns of social media. But before that, I just sort of want to get a, a feel for how many people, I know, by the way, most of you, who are and who are not, so don't try to deceive me up here. <laughs> so if you're on social media, raise your hand. I'm on it. I'll fully admit. Look at that, all those hands. That's worse than what I thought. I. So there's most of us in this room. Margie's on twice, I guess. She keeps raising her hand down there. So most of us in this room, and, and I would say those listening, it's the same thing. Most of us are on social media, again, whether that's Facebook or Instagram seems to be the next big one coming up, although I know nothing about Instagram. YouTube is another one, obviously, a very big um, social media platform out there. And for those who believe that this is only an issue with teens or tweens or young people, think again. This is not an issue just with teens. So some of the youth, they were a bit concerned when they heard about what I was speaking on today. They said, oh, no. You know, they're going to be focused. Now, I'm not going to be focused on the teens or tweens or any of that. I, you know, this is an issue no matter what demographic we consider, including, you know, age, gender, ethnicity. This is really an issue across the board. We're going to see some really bad examples of what happens with social media. And believe it or not, most of the examples are all after uh, above the age of 50. So this is not just a tween issue. Okay, I want to begin by looking at an article. This is uh, entitled Eight Dangers of Social Media We're Not Willing to Admit from relevantmagazine.com. I, I thought it was a really good news source on this issue, and it brings out a lot of good points. So I want to review each one separately, so let's do that now. So the first one here is validation. Validation. So it goes on to say this. We've always wanted to be accepted, and that's true of human nature, right? We all want to be accepted. 
Social media has just exasperated this desire in the form of likes and retweets. Seeking validation online is a danger because it has us relinquish our power to affirm ourselves even more. We now look for even more external measurements to our worth. You know, it's really amazing how many people allow social media to determine how they feel or see themselves, what many do. For example, if they post a photo of themselves on Facebook or Instagram, they will look at the likes, and they will determine their self-worth based on those likes. You know, worse yet, they may assume that their friends see that photo because they don't have many likes, that they saw that photo as, as negative or even ugly somehow. We should never use social media, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is, as a gauge to judge our self-worth. And again, I don't think that's a teen issue or a tween issue. I know a lot of adults, they do the same thing. They'll put a post out there and they only get three, three likes or three retweets, whatever it is, and, and they say they must not like me or they must not like that photo. And that's not true. We should never allow social media to gauge how we feel about ourselves. The fact is, social media is very fickle. Social media is very fickle. And it's not a reliable source to measure who we are as a person. There's no way to measure who we are based on this source. You know, the other thing to remember is this. Yahweh doesn't care about popularity. It doesn't matter who, how popular we are with our fellow peers or those we know or those we may not, may not know on social media. He's more concerned about good character, right? He's more concerned about our ethics. He's more concerned about our morality. So again, one of the dangers of social media is using it to validate our self-worth or who we are as a person. We should never do that. And you know, we know who we are. That's what counts, right? And more importantly, what counts is Yahweh knows who we are. Yahweh knows what we do. Yahweh knows our morality. Yahweh knows our ethics. Yahweh knows our character. Yahweh knows who we are. And it doesn't matter what other people think, truthfully. Okay, another danger of social media is comparison. This war says when we see others' accomplishments, how many of us envy them? How many of us compare instead of connect? Like validation, we've always done this with our peers, but with social media's ability to edit our image, did you know you can do that in social media? You can manipulate things, including images? You can. And now do this even more. It's time for us to stop comparing ourselves to others and place the power back in our own hands to judge our worth. You know, this is similar to validation, but here specifically, as we see, we're comparing ourselves to others. Now, one of the major problems with comparing ourselves to others on social media is that what we're normally seeing is not a full picture. It's not reality. It's not really what's happening the fact is, most people don't post the negative things going on. I do know some, a few examples, where they just post anything. But generally, people don't post negative stuff, right? They post positive things. They post families smiling and accomplishments from their kids. And there's nothing wrong with that. But again, they don't post negative stuff. You know, from Facebook, you might believe everything is great, not realizing that that family, too, that they have struggles. You know, one of the things I've seen as a minister over the years is this. What we see on the outside is not always what's happening on the inside. You know, we may look on the outside of that family. We may say, you know what, they got it together. You know, everything is really great with that family. And then you hear about some of the things going on and you realize that's not true. You know, for example, you know, based on a friend's social media profile, you might believe that she has a perfect marriage. Her kids are great. They succeed. They accomplish great things not realizing that she's being abused by her husband or that their child is suffering from some sort of addiction. You know, it's for this reason why we should not compare ourselves to others on social media. Again, what we see is not full reality. What we see is not actually the big picture. There are things missing, more than likely, and not being shared. Another danger with this, and this is an obvious one, I think, for most of us is when we compare, this leads into what? Or this leads into jealousy and envy. And we know, based on the Tenth Commandment, that we're not to envy, we're not to be jealous of that which belongs to our neighbor, right? We're not to envy that which belongs to our fellow man. 
And of course, Yahshua defines our neighbor as anybody. So we find here that based on the word, if we envy, if we're jealous, because of what we see on social media, we're in violation of Yahweh's Torah, his, his law, his commandments, and we shouldn't be doing that. Now, another related issue is bitterness. This verse says, I often get bitter that one person liked another status and not mine. I'm not looking for hands, but how many people have honestly felt that way? You see a friend's post and they got some sort of like or comment and you say, wait a minute, no one's responding to mine. Goes on to say, or that one person shared a moment with another friend and not me. This is ultimately a heart problem on my part. But how many of you also grow bitter from what you see on social media? Maybe the best cure is to step back from the platform that only fosters a bitter heart. We know, as we saw with the uh, other topic here, which was related, we see here that this creates bitterness. Because again, you know, if we're comparing ourselves to somebody and that creates envy or jealousy, what's the next emotion there? Bitterness. We begin by envying, by being jealous, and that jealousy brings forth bitterness. Now, what is at the root of bitterness? Well, again, that would be jealousy. Again, the Tenth Commandment says that we're not to envy one another. Now, what is it, James? You know, James has such a great passage on jealousy. I want to read that to you. This is in uh, James chapter 3, verse 14. He goes on there to say, But if you have a bitter envying, of course, envying is jealousy, jealousy and strife, conflict in your hearts, glory not. And lie not against the truth. So don't be proud of this, he's saying. This wisdom descends not from above. In other words, this wisdom is not from our Father in heaven, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For we're envying, and strife is, he says, there is confusion in every evil work. So we see the result of jealousy and envy. Two things to point out. Number one, we see here that envy is, it says, a devilish. Devilish. What does that mean? Or in the Greek, it literally means demon-like. Demon-like. You know, why did Satan rebel? What was the reason for his rebellion? Where Satan rebelled because he was envious of Yahweh's position, right? That's what we see in Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14 shows that he wanted to usurp above Yahweh's own throne, He wasn't happy with the position he was given. He was envy. He was jealous. And because of that, he left his estate. He left the position that Yahweh placed him in. And as a result, he lost his own position. So when we allow envy, when we allow jealousy to to motivate our actions, what we do, we are following in the same pattern as Satan the devil. Number two, we also see here that nothing good comes from envy. Nothing good comes from jealousy. We see here that it says that this leads to every vile or evil work and confusion. Confusion. It's also one of the leading causes for strife in a relationship. How many relationships do you know have, who, 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 uh, that, that, that have strife because of envy? This is also true for an assembly, and I've seen splits because of one ministered, minister envied another minister because one minister was jealous of another minister. So if we're becoming bitter because of our usage of social media, we're again in violation of Yahweh's word. We are violating his word. Well, let's look at another pitfall of social media, caring about the wrong things. You know, I used to care about more, more about real, tangible things like my relationships with others. Now I find that being watered down with cares about a virtual world, how my image looks on social media, and how many, quote, likes my Instagram photo got, give priority to what happens in the real and visible present, not what occurs in a virtual world. You know, I believe this point here is so important. The bottom line is this. So much of what we see on social media is not important, and I think you can argue not real. Now, I'm not going to say it's fake news, but it's certainly not real. I'm going to use myself as an an example here. I I, uh, currently have somewhere around 800 friends on Facebook, and I don't know 800 people. 
And I'm not trying to diminish my, quote, friends on Facebook, by the way. But many of these people I don't know. I have no relationship with. Truth be told, most of us through the ministry, they knew who, know who I am through the ministry. But again, I don't know them. That's not to diminish them either as a person. But that goes to show that there's not a close relationship between many of my friends that I have on Facebook. And, you know, I, I don't believe I'm alone in this scenario. I believe many people are in this same boat. They have many friends, and yet how many of them are close? How many of them are like family? How many of them would be there if we needed something? Now, I'm sure some of you, all your friends, you know, great. But again, that's not the, the truth for, for many, many, many people. But here's what's amazing about this scenario, and as we see here, there are many people more concerned about their virtual friends than they are for those they, who they really know, who they really care about, who, who means most to them. And because of this, they actually spend more time with their, quote, virtual friends than they will their own family, maybe, or, or their own kids. Now, I'm not saying we would do that here, but I certainly know of situations where people are spending more time in their virtual friends or the, the virtual world of social media than they are with their own family or what they are with their own friends. Tangible, tangible, physical friends. Now, another issue, danger of social media is noise. This author goes to uh, define noise as before I used to really take the time to digest content, I would read longer paragraphs online and thoroughly enjoy it, but now I only read lists online. The clutter and barrage of noise has led me to only consume bullet point information. This way I could read everything given to me. The reality is, however, you filter what's noise from what's essential and you only consume the beneficial essential. This unfortunately becomes increasingly difficult with social media sharing everything. You know, I believe anyone on social media can relate to what we find here, noise, in this technological age. Many of us suffer from information overload. I don't know about you, but I do many times, information overload. And because of that, I think we often miss those aspects that are more important. This is even true in the way we communicate. You know, it's amazing how many ways we can communicate in this day and age. Have you, have you ever considered that? You know, when I was a kid or a teenager, we had a telephone and we had our mouth, where I guess we could write, too. But that was about it. There wasn't any other way to communicate. There was no smartphones. There was, of course, I didn't have any text, certainly. There was nothing like that. Oh, today, though, we, we can call, we can text, we can tweet, we can email, we can message. And we can do all this through a host of ways. Now, even though we have all these ways to communicate, I would debate that, number one, we actually communicate less today. And that our communication is not as effective today. It's been diminished. And as many of you know, the best way to communicate, if you've ever had any uh, supervisory business project management, anything like that training, they're going to tell you that the best form of communication is face-to-face, in-person communication. You can see the lips move. You can hear the tone, lips, tone, every, you know, the, 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 the nonverbal, which we'll talk about here just uh, later in this message. Where the other concern is content. You know, as we see in this article, many don't take the time to really read or research anything anymore. Instead, we're more inclined to read lists or quick little blurbs or bullet points. You know, I must confess, I myself do this. I'll be scanning through Facebook if it requires any effort, any long dissertation or article. I typically skip it, and I hate to admit that, but I do. You know, if it's something easy to read, I look at it, and then I just keep, keep moving on here. This information overload. We don't thoroughly read anything anymore. We should, but we don't. Or the other issue is on social media is fake news. And when I say fake news, I mean fake news this time. You've all heard the expression. You know, it's amazing how many phony stories there are on the Internet. I, I don't know about you, but every so often I'll see people sharing these stories on Facebook. And I've already proved, you know, a year ago that that one story was 
was, was fake. It's not right. It's bogus. And, and yet they'll just keep sharing it. Matter of fact, I won't share anything that I don't first validate. I think. I think. Maybe there's been a few cases where I've done that, but, but I try to validate. Yeah, a few. I try to validate what I share before putting it out there. Because, again, there's so much fake news. There's so much misinformation on social media. And to me, that's another danger of social media, the fake news. These people believe this, and they run with it, and it's not true. Okay, let's move on to another concern, and that is convenient friendships. We've, we've touched on this already, but I want to I flush this out a little bit more. It says we don't have much risk with our relationships today. And that's true. This is virtual relationships, by the way, not real relationships. It is now hard to call someone on the phone because that involves giving something of ourselves. Instead of risking, it's easier to glance at someone's profile to learn about his or her world. Unfortunately, this makes a relationship convenient and easy when the best foundation for a long-lasting relationship is, is one that's willing to risk. Now, to some extent, again, we've already sort of talked about this one, for many of us, there is a difference between our friends on social media and those we're close with, those we know. You know, as we see here, it takes more effort. It takes more time uh, to build real relationships instead of these virtual relationships. And for this reason, many people simply today prefer to have social media relationships, these convenient relationships as we find here, where the problem is this, these relationships have no depth. Many of, many of them, anyway, I shouldn't say all, but certainly many of them have no depth. They have no depth, and they're less fulfilling for that reason. You know, it's true that real relationships require more time. It requires more effort from us. It requires a sacrifice and giving of ourselves to somebody else. But listen, that being said, those relationships are more fulfilling. They're better relationships. If we need something, if we need support, that, quote, friend will be there. That virtual friend will not. But that, quote, friend will be there. I want to transition to another danger, and that is now a waste of time. This was, I don't know, probably the most, the one I could relate most to. Wasting time. It says time is valuable, which is very true. You know, time is, is probably the most valuable thing I have, personally. It says time is valuable, which means we shouldn't waste it with people, interactions, and advertisements that offer no return for our attention. Social media forces us to waste time with these sort of things. It's better to invest our valuable time in something that gives the world and us more value. Now, again, I think those of us in social media, most, maybe not all, but most, would agree that this can be a waste of time. I see a lot of heads shaking. As I shared in the beginning of this message, the average person spends about two hours per day on social media. You know, what's even more alarming is, again, the, the average uh, teen spends nine hours per day. By the way, that's also confirmed in another article I uh, read online. It's a 2017 uh, Social Media Today. Uh, they, they report on this. So let me ask you, is it worth it? You know, is it worth the time that we invest? Are we getting a return out of the time we spend on social media? Especially especially when we could be doing more productive things. You know, people often wonder why today's teens and youth are so different. And I, I, you know, I, I think unless we're blind, we can see that today's teens are not the teens of 30, 40 years ago. I know some of the stuff I see today, I would, never get, I would have never gotten by with as a kid. And just the culture is, is different. And I believe in many ways the reason teens are different is because of social media. The re-engineering we're seeing right now with social media. Of course, I think also liberal academia plays a big part in this too. The fact is, again, many of our youth and young people simply don't share the same values. They don't share the same ethics. They don't share the same traditional beliefs that we do that are, that are of any age. Well, let's move on. We're going to talk now about isolation. This is another issue. Isolation. And this is the last one, by the way, from this source. 
It says on social media, we are in a world within a world. This is why we call it virtual, because it does, it's not real. It's easy to shut ourselves off from interaction because we believe our interaction online is enough. It's easy to, it's easy to not see people all day, but rather see them online. You know, as we've already talked about, face-to-face is, is the best form of communication, but as we see here, not everybody does that. Matter of fact, there are some people out there, they don't see a single soul all day long. Every interaction they have is through social media. That's the way they keep track of their friends, supposedly, their family. It's through social media. We see here, though, that this form of interaction can lead to a separation or isolation. And I also believe that this separation and isolation can lead to something else, and that is called depression. You see, when we don't interact with one another and we don't have those relationships, those real relationships, we will go into depression and other psychological issues. As human beings, it's important that we physically interact. You know, Yahweh designed us that way, I believe. Yahweh designed us to, be physic- to, to, to interact with one another. And I know some people are most, more social than, than others. Some are an introvert, some are extroverts, but nonetheless, I think everybody needs some sort of level of interaction, and, and if we don't, again, I think there, that leads to issues. Yeah, this is also one reason why Yahweh commands us, I think, to congregate during the Sabbath and feast days. He says to congregate, to come together, to worship me, but it's not just about the worship. It's also about sharing one another's company. It's also about interacting with one another. It's not just the worship, it's the fellowship. Both are very important. For example, Hebrews 10 verse 25 says this. It says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as a matter of some is. See, some people are just like that. They want to they be separate. They want to segregate themselves. And I know people like that. Some people have the notion, well, if it's any organized anything, well, I don't want to be part of that. Well, that's just, that just goes completely counter to Scripture. Scripture talks about organization. Scripture talks about coming together as a group, not being a maverick. goes on, though, to say, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Because believe me, as I think many of us would agree, the days approaching are not good. The days are getting worse. And as the days get worse, we need encouragement and strength from one another. We can't get that if we're in a bubble. We can't get that if we're in a virtual world. We have to interact with one another. And, you know, I know some people out there, they're probably saying, well, I don't have an assembly. And I realize that. There are many people, many, 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 many people out there that they they have no assembly nearby. And I will say this, you know, look, we can only do the best we can do, but that's one reason why it's even more important that we come together during the feast days. If you're not near an assembly, you need to make every effort to be here during the feast days. Now, in addition to some of these issues we've already addressed, I want to look at some other types of issues, and this one is uh, these these issues here. It's from an article entitled Dangers of Social Media. It's from ConsumerProtect.com. So the first one here is cyberbullying. So we're going to make a transition here. The other dangers, if you will. We, we saw the other issues. It's more, it more affected the person, us individually, but here we're talking about other risks. So the first one here is cyberbullying. It's a cyberbullying often happens to children who are also bullied in person. However, so there are some differences between cyberbullying and bullying. It says, however, it is much more difficult to get away from uh, bullying in cyberspace. This is because they can be under attack around the clock, and it can even affect children when they are alone. The bullying itself can be done anonymously, and it is all too easy for the information to go viral, affecting the child's wider social circles as well. Unfortunately, it is not uncommon for the source to be untraceable. Now, before we talk about cyberbullying, I want to define bullying. Some of these now, some people out there have different ideas as to what bullying is, so I want to get a, a definition of what a bully really is. Okay, so here's how Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines a bully. It says, a bully is, quote, a blustering, a brow-beating person, especially one who habitually or often is cruel, insulting, 
or threatening to others who are weaker, smaller, or in some way vulnerable. So that's a bully based on Webster. The Oxford says a bully is, quote, a person who habitually seeks to harm or intimidate those whom they perceive as vulnerable. So again, same thing here. You know, as Yahweh's uh, people, is it ever okay to bully? No, it's never okay to bully. It's never okay to be unjustly cruel or insulting to somebody. And this includes for those youth here. Now, what are some of the differences between traditional bullying and bullying as we see in cyberspace? Well, number one, it's often hard to escape, including when we're at home, because, again, they may have their phone with them. They may have their computer next to them. They log on Facebook or Instagram. They start seeing the bullying on social media. Or number two, the bully can often remain anonymous or nameless. We don't know who it is. I'm going to throw this out there as well, and some of you who know me well enough know that this is somewhat of a, of a dislike of mine. I really don't like it when I see people using fictitious names on Facebook. Use your name. If you want to be on social media, be honest, use your name. Or number three, cyberbullying can have a greater impact. And the reason that is is because it happens over social media, over a much larger platform, a much larger audience. And the last one here, number four, is often untraceable, meaning we can't, we can't know who it is. Somewhat like anonymous, but this we can't trace it back to a single person. So again, it just continues on without knowing who's doing this. Now, another issue with social media is the invasion of privacy. So this is two slides here. It says the right to privacy basically means that people have the right to be left alone. It's a great thing we have in this nation. If we don't want to be bothered, we have that right. It is one of the most respected rights that we have. However, invasion of privacy does happen, including online. In fact, four specific types of invasion of privacy exist, and they can all be committed online. So we have the intrusion of solitude, which can happen when somebody visibly watches you, for instance, by hacking into your computer and using your webcam. That's why anymore I, I cover my webcam. I'm not horribly concerned about that, but I, I do cover my webcam just because that can happen. Appropriation of name or likeness, which is particularly common on social media. This is where someone pretends to be you, for instance, by creating a profile in your name. And that could certainly happen easy enough. Public disclosure of private facts, which is often a large element of cyberbullying, and false light, where information about someone is spread that may be entirely untrue, but could place the person in a bad light. Again, this is a common element of cyberbullying. So it seems on the news today, we hear a lot about the invasion of privacy, don't we? I hear a lot about this on the news. And as we see here, there's actually different types of invasion of privacy. Now, even though this has always been an issue, this is always this is an issue long before social media. But social media has increased this issue. It's much worse with social media than it was prior to. The ability to now spy on a person or, or falsely accuse their name or reputation is, is much easier through Instagram or through Facebook or through even YouTube, making a video maybe about somebody. Obviously, using somebody's information to harm them in some way is against Scripture, is against biblical principles. You know, for example, the Bible commands that we're to be honest, or if we're using something in a fraudulent way, we're not being honest. It also says not to defraud one another. So again, this certainly wouldn't be something we should be avoiding as believers. Now, something related, but they treat it here as a separate issue, is identity theft, Identity theft. So this is another issue with social media. It says when people leave too many details open to the public, and believe me, this is very, very common, and so people just don't think. They just don't think. It says open to the public on their social media profile. It is very much possible that someone could use this to commit identity theft. This, in part, falls under invasion of privacy as it is related to appropriation of name or likeness. However, the big difference is 
that identity theft is usually done in order to obtain money. So there's a very specific result or goal with identity theft. It says a thief could use it to apply for credit or social security benefits, for instance. Now, according to a, uh, what we find here, the, it says that identity theft is very common. It's very common. We see here that a whopping, or actually, according to a NBC News report, I wanted to share this with you before I forget. There's a, whop, a whopping 15.4 million Americans were impacted by this in 2016. 15.4 million Americans. And you know, much of this was done through the internet, through social media. And this is one reason why we're to be so careful with what we share on the internet. What we share in the profiles we create, whether it be, again, Facebook or Instagram or some of these others. If we give too much information, it's possible that somebody can use that information to defraud us in some way. Again, you know, whether it's Social Security benefits or credit card uh, application or some other way. So we're to be cautious with the information we share on the Internet. You know, the Bible warns against stealing of that which belongs to us. Obviously, this is wrong. And I kind of felt that maybe I don't even need to say that, but I certainly want to bring the Bible into this. And we know scripturally this is very wrong. We know that Yahweh abhors this, this kind of action. Matter of fact, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 10, he writes there that no thieves will be allowed in the kingdom. No thieves will be allowed in Yahweh's kingdom. That's a pretty serious consequence for those who commit this crime. And again, we find here identity theft is a crime, and it is a theft. And we find that no thieves will again be within the kingdom. Now, another issue, a major, major issue we, we know of, is the exposure to offensive images and messages. It says online radicalization is very real and something to be aware of. Additionally, the internet is filled with pornography and other images that children should not be exposed to. Many posts on social media have been designed to challenge people's core beliefs. In other words, you know, this, we may view this as wrong, or maybe our parents view this as wrong, but there's nothing wrong with it. They're changing who we are as a culture. So it's whether these are about religion, social uh, situations, politics, or anything else. Unfortunately, being uh, human beings, and young people in particular, are curious by nature. Now, I believe that this is one of the most concerning issues we see on the Internet today, especially on social media. It's almost impossible not to be exposed to some of this if you have an Instagram account, if you have a Facebook account. Some of these people, you just start clicking and you see things. So this is a major issue. You know, the Bible speaks about fleeing immorality, and I think we all understand that. The Bible speaks about fleeing immorality. In my opinion, social media makes this a bit harder for some people, much harder. So for that reason alone, it, it is not for everybody, especially, again, for, for youth, for teens, for tweens. This is not something I would suggest. This is something I believe is a mistake to allow your teenagers, certainly your young teens, to be on social media. As believers, we're to be cognizant of the danger, especially for those with kids, especially for those young people. We're to be vigilant of what we're doing and even more so, again, for our kids. Now, there's one last danger I want to focus on, and this is called online grooming. You know, when I first read this, I wasn't quite sure what it was referring to, online grooming, but reading the definition, it is an issue. Matter of fact, I've seen videos of, 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 uh, of this online. It says, grooming is a term that describes the way people who want to harm children and young people manage to befriend them. Often they groom not just their intended victims, but also their families. It is a long process. It involves building trust. Grooming can happen anywhere, including within families, schools, churches, and sports clubs. Online grooming is slightly different because it, is, because it tends to be more focused on the intended victim. The groomers will find out as much information as they can from the child, while also finding out how likely it is that a child will tell. 
If they find out that the child makes a good potential victim, they will start monitoring the child's social media accounts and more. All the while, they will continue to to, uh, befriend the child and gain his or her trust, often by posing as somebody. Grooming is one of the biggest dangers of social media because it is so easy for a groomer to find a victim. They can simply create fake profiles that their potential victims will find interesting. They will, for the duration of their grooming, pretend to be someone they are not. When I read this, I think of online predators, child predators. That's really what a groomer is, is a child predator. As we see here, they, the intent of these people is to do harm and to deceive. You know, I've seen videos of people going undercover, setting up these profiles, most like cops and that sort of thing, and they'll, they'll attract these kids. And these kids will slip out in the middle of the night to meet these people they don't know at an unsecure location. And, you know, in, the, in many of these cases... You know, you can see the parents, the reaction of the parents, and the parents, they're just shocked. They're just completely shocked because they thought their, their kids would never do anything like this. They would have never believed that their kid was capable, capable of such a thing. Where the sad reality is many parents are oblivious to the dangers of social media. They really are. They're oblivious to the dangers of what's out there. And many parents are not realistic when it comes to what their children are capable of. We have this image in our mind. We want to believe something. But, you know, sometimes, given the right circumstance, that doesn't always hold true. Sometimes we may believe our kids would never do something. But, again, given the right circumstance, they may do it. Kids don't have the wisdom or the discretion that we do. And for that reason, again, I don't believe social media is a good place for youth because they don't have the wisdom or the discretion that they should. As a parent, in many ways, you know, I don't don't believe we can be too careful, especially in this day and age. You know, I was thinking, you know, last night just how, and I'm sure there were complications I'm not aware of or or thinking of, but maybe in the 40s or or 50s. There's so many dangers and so many pulls out there with our young people. And again, for that reason, we need to be We need to be very watchful. We need to be very vigilant of what's out there, especially for social media. I want to transition now and focus on just a a few things I want to highlight. So the first one here is that people communicate much differently through social media. And I say not for the better. Not for the better. And number two, this can lead to unrighteous behavior and or abuse. So I want to focus on the first concern here, and that is people communicate differently. And I shouldn't say everybody, so just as a disclaimer, you may be great. You may be wonderful. You may do everything just right, so you may not have any issues at all. But many people don't fall into this category, including believers, But before we talk about that, I want to talk a little bit about just communication. So when we talk about communication, there's two types of communication. We have verbal communication, and we have nonverbal communication. Verbal communication is any form of communication using words, spoken, written, or even signed, as we saw in the special. So there's lots of ways we can verbally communicate. Where nonverbal communication is different, this is body language, uh, facial expressions, eye contact, um, pitch, tone, volume of our voice. You know, remarkably, according to some research, nonverbal communication accounts for over 50% of our actual message. How we say it, the tone we use, you know, there's so many, again, facets of nonverbal communication. Now with this in mind, realize that most social media does not allow for nonverbal communication, right? Unless you post a video maybe, but normally social media does not allow for nonverbal communication. Therefore, when somebody reads a post, they can easily miss 
the intent of the message. You know, for example, maybe you post something to a friend intending to encourage that friend. Or maybe it's just a, a friendly admonition. But they see it as a condemnation because they don't see your, your facial expression. They don't hear the tone. They don't see your body language. So they assume the worst. This happens. Matter of fact, when I was a project manager, I would almost never use email as a form of dealing with conflict. I would do that face-to-face. And then once I was re- resolved the conflict, or then I would use email to document the, the incident or the, the agreement, whatever it is. But again, face-to-face. Now, one trend I've noticed with people is this, including with many believers. So believe me, we're not exempt from it, many of us. We're much more aggressive over social media than we are in person. You know, I've seen so many examples on both sides of the fence where people are just downright belligerent to one another. Let me use, uh, of course, Lucas here. He's, he's, looks like he's praying at the waning wall over there. Here recently, this year, I think, we've been accused here at this ministry of being anti-Semitic and also a Holocaust denier. Now, I think that the first accusation was because we refused to believe in Jehovah. And the second was because we believe that the temple is within the city of David. And because of that, we're anti-Semites and Holocaust deniers. By the way, when somebody does that on Facebook, what I do is I do a screenshot and I repost it. And then I call them out on it. Because that behavior should never be, is, is, never, is never acceptable. Now this is just two examples there are many. Talk to Lucas afterwards. He can give you thousands of examples. <laughs> thousands of examples. For those who don't know, he's on the front line of social media. So he can give thousands of examples, I'm sure, of those who are just downright belligerent to the ministry. Now, for the record, we get a lot of great comments, too. It's not all bad. We get, we get a lot of good res- replies. But, you know, the sad part about it is this. Those who are belligerent are normally Bible believers, Matter of fact, the atheists and the Wiccans, they're, they're pretty nice to us. <laughs> they agree with us. I remember um, Elder Allen had a phone call with an atheist. And, I mean, you could tell he was really, Allen was liking this phone call. Guy was agreeing with everything Allen said. Until near the end of the phone call when he said, you know, I'm an atheist. Of course, I've talked to a Wiccan. It's been a while, but they... they uh, basically share the same thing. But again, you know, many, many believers, many of us, are much, much more aggressive on social media than we are in person. I don't think that behavior is becoming of, 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 of us, of a disciple in, in Yahshua. And again, I've seen this on both sides. Now, why is this? Why are people typically more aggressive over social media than they are in person. Or I think there's, there's two reasons that I can come up with. Number one, it's not in person. It's a lot harder to tell somebody to their face what you really think. It's a lot easier just to type it out and then unfriend them. Number two, it's more anonymous. And for these reasons, it's much easier for this message of aggression and to skip diplomacy or tact. And, you know, I'm going to say it again. This is one reason why I don't like fictitious names. Because it gives you that ability to remain anonymous. And if you're going to be on social media, don't use a fictitious name. You know, many may not realize it, but the Apostle Paul, he had somewhat of an issue with this. You know, one of the things I like about scriptures is it shows that they were human. They had some of the, they, they weren't perfect. You know, they, they had some shortcomings. He was much stronger in, per, in letter than he was in person. We see indication of this in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 10. It says there, for some say, I, this is from the NIV, by the way. It reads a little bit better. It says, for some say his letters are weighty and forceful. This is the Apostle Paul. But in person, he is unimpressive, and his speaking amounts to nothing. 
This is Paul speaking. He's saying, this is what some say about me, that I'm a, in letter, but not so much in person. Now, this is not to say Paul was belligerent, by the way. I do think Paul could be a little bit aggressive at times if, if the letter uh, warranted, I guess. But as believers, whether in person or social media, we should be showing the same character. And that's my issue. We don't, not all of us. We should be showing the same character. We should be showing the same love, the same compassion, the same tact, the same patience as we would if they were right here. But we don't, many of us. We should do those things that reflect the Messiah. We don't always do that on social media. We just give them a piece of our minds because we can. And they're not here. Well, I want to share with you a few ways we communicate. We should be communicating. And I can't go through a message without having a few scriptures on the slide here. So let's look at a few scriptures. So here are some biblical tips on communication. We need to listen first and then speak. Such an important concept. You know, most of us are, what do we want to do? We want to speak. We want to be heard. And most of us, we're not really actively listening. We're only passively listening. Proverbs 8, verse 13 says, He that answers a matter before he hears it, it is folly and a shame unto him. So it's a shameful thing to say something without listening. James 1 verse 19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. You know, these are words to live by for each of us. So James says that we're to be swift or quick to listen, to hear, and then slow to speak. And of course, we see here wrath. Another, word, another uh, principle from my standpoint is we need to choose our words carefully. And I think as a minister and also as a project manager, I've learned this over the years. I like to use the word diplomacy. I don't think there's anything wrong with that word, diplomacy. Some people see that as somewhat negative. I don't. I, I like the word diplomacy. I think we need to be diplomatic in the way we communicate. That doesn't mean, by the way, we can't communicate in truth. That just means we don't have to to use that two by four to get our message across. Proverbs 14, verse 8 says, The wisdom of the prudent is to give thought to their ways, but the folly of fools is deception. They give thought to their ways. They think before they say something. They say it in a way that's most effective. Right? They use words that are going to get a response, a positive response, and not words that are going to only exasperate the situation. So choosing our words carefully is another key in how we should be communicating. Avoid corrupt negative communication. Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, for that which is good to the use of edifying, but only but, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. So corrupt the word in the Greek, I forget what the Greek word is now on hand, but offhand, but, but it means worthless. Worthless. Language that is worthless. Language that does not edify. Language that only serves to, again, exasperate and make the situation worse. We're not to use those words. We're not to communicate in a way that is going to only make things worse. It says here that we're to use edifying words, words that build up. Matter of fact, the word edify in the Greek literally refers, I believe, to a building. You know, this idea of building something, same thing here. Our words should build something. In this case, it should build positive relationships. They should build something. So again, avoid the negative. Avoid those things that are going to increase the strife. And use words that are going to, to edify, to benefit the discussion. So those are some quick tips on how we should be communicating. Now, the other concern I see with social media is that it often leads to unrighteous behavior or even abuse. So let me give you two examples. Number one, viewing explicit content. And number two, 
infidelity through social media. Now, we've already talked about the explicit content. Again, Scripture says that we're to flee from immorality, that we're to flee from that which is immoral. I want to spend a few moments on this second point, though. Infidelity through social media. Many may not realize it, but it's increasingly common to see people cheat and leave their spouses and families because of someone they met on social media. You know, I'm not going to give names, but, but I'll give three examples that I personally know. Three examples. So the first example is from a man I knew as a youth. This guy was an ordained minister in Yahweh, in the faith, for, for many, many years. Where this man, man found somebody over the internet, and as a result, he left his wife and his kids. Second example is from a man I knew a few years ago, not too long. From all indication, he seemed very devout, devout to Yahweh, devout to his family. But he too met somebody over the internet, and he too forsook his family. Third example, I was speaking to a gentleman about two weeks ago over the phone, and he was in his 60s. And he shared with me that his wife in her 50s found somebody over the internet and left him for this other guy. You know, these three examples are only the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I can give other examples, and I'm sure you, many of you, know of other examples. We're seeing this more and more, people going out to social media, meeting somebody. And that's why it's never good, for instance, to get too close with the opposite gender, develop too close of a relationship with the opposite gender. We should be faithful to our spouse. We should give our focus to our spouse. Now, that's not to say ignore those in the faith of the opposite gender, but certainly we need to take caution and do things wisely. And we also see here through these examples that we're not immune. We're not immune to this behavior. Again, both of the examples I gave of those in Yahweh, one, a minister of many, many years ordained as an elder. I would have never thought this guy would have done what he did, but he did. And again, the other example blew my mind too because this man was very devout, very committed to his family, very committed to Yahweh, very conservative, and yet he did precisely this. So nobody is immune to this problem. And if you believe that you can succumb or put you in the right situation, and that may not be the case. So again, this is why it's important that we are, are vigilant as believers, and especially, again, with our kids. I want to close by asking, is it a mistake to be on social media? You're, I'm, I'm sure the answer is you're all thinking yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and I would too after this message. <laughs> well, the answer is yes to no. You know, for those transparent, for those devoted, for those mature enough, or there, there can be some pluses, there can be some benefit on being on social media. Now, I would say no for the youth. I really would. I would say yet no for the youth. I don't believe most youth have the maturity or the discretion to be on social media, not responsibly anyway. Now, one way social media can be a blessing is through evangelism. I want to close by just talking about evangelism. You know, YRM is an Internet-based evangelistic ministry, meaning that our outreach is mainly through the Internet and social media. And for, for us, this has really been an effective tool. We've been able to reach millions. Matter of fact, uh, I was talking to Lucas over there, and he confirmed just recently that we've had over 7 million views on YouTube alone. And I know we've had way over a million views on Roku and, and other ways, so it's been a blessing to us. It's been a blessing to us. But, but again, saying that, there's also some concerns. So in summer, I want to say this. Number one, if we choose to be on social media, let us be very careful in how we use it. Let us be very careful and vigilant in how we use it. Number two, assuming you're on social media, I would encourage you to evaluate whether it's a positive or a negative impact on your life. Do you get more out of it, or does it take away? 
and evaluate from there whether it's something you should continue to do. And number three, if you choose to remain on social media, I would encourage you to use it as a tool for evangelism. You know, we have some great posts. I'll, I'll do a shout out here to our brother Daniel Bowman. You know, I've never seen a more staunch supporter through Facebook than he is. I mean, it's, it's like YRM plus. And, um, you know, of course, I treat my Facebook page as an extension, really, of the ministry. And, and he's not the only one, by the way. There's many people who share our stuff and, and help the ministry through, through the evangelism. By the way, for those thinking, no, this does not mean you need to be argumentative. I'm all, I always try to do things in a positive way, to present things in a positive Matter of fact, I always describe my Facebook page as, as a wire and light. I, I leave the heavy stuff for, for the wire and main page, and, and I have the more of the positive posts on my page. Well, I hope this message has been a blessing to you, uh, giving you some information, some consideration. As Yahweh's people, we always need to be a light. We need to set an example. And when it comes to social media, it's real important that we understand how it works, the dangers, and what we should and should not do. So may Yahweh bless you.